podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Folks, today is the day Liverpool face Atletico Madrid in the Champions League at the Wanda Metropolano, which is a fabulous stadium. Liverpool's second uh, visit there to play against Atletico Madrid, but obviously their third visit there in total. This is the scene of the Champions League victory in 2019. That obviously went well last time, not so well, a 1-0 defeat to Atleti in the Champions League. So revenge is on our minds. We played them in 18... Oh, we played them in 1920, and neither game went our way. It must be said, neither game went our way. Over there, they were very, very defensive. They really set out to spoil the game, and they came away with a 1-0 win. Saul put them one up after four minutes, and then it was just bus parking time. You had Simeone basically like a conductor with an orchestra on the sideline, whipping the crowd into an incredible frenzy to urge his players to give every single little drop of effort that they could. And they did. And they were, to their credit, they were excellent on the day. We created very little. Um, They probably should have won more comfortably. Alvaro Morata missed a couple of really good chances. But a 1-0 win, we thought, that's fine. Back to Anfield. We'll be able to overcome them at Anfield. Ginny Wijnaldum made it 1 on 43. We thought, this is it. We are going to win this game. But it wasn't to be. Into extra time we went, having ended up 1-1 on aggregate after the the 90 minutes minutes elapsed. Bobby Firmino on 94, making it 2-1. But 2-2 in aggregate. Marcus Loriente making it 3-1. Sorry, Bobby Firmino made it 2-1 to us on aggregate. Um, Marcus Loriente made it 2-2, but gave them the away goal. We had to open up a little bit. And unfortunately, we got punished for that. Loriente... Uh, on 106 minutes, and then Morata on 121. There was blame to be apportioned after the game. Too much of it was sent in one man's direction and not enough was focused on players in other areas who let us down that night. There's been... There's a a number of ways to look at that game. I mean, we dominated possession. We created a lot of half-chances. Oblak made a number of saves, but you never really felt like we opened them up other than the two goals we got. Ginny's goal and Bobby's goal. We didn't really create anything glaring, whereas they did. And Simeone was thrilled after the game. It it worked out just how he hoped. Their defence, which has always been kind of a bend, don't break sort of thing where they invite you on. They give you shots from areas you don't necessarily want to shoot from. Areas that favour Jan Oblak, who may well be the best goalkeeper in the world. But that was a very, very strange game. And obviously, that game 
was the last game before football stopped. That game really should not have taken place. The pandemic had begun. COVID was rampant in Italy and Spain, as well as China, obviously. It had reached the UK. It had reached America. That game should not have played, yet thousands of Spaniards arrived over. And I believe there have been 37 deaths linked to that game from COVID. It's really not good. Really not good. That game should never have happened, but it did. And we went out on uh, aggregate 4-2. And that was the end of our, our Champions League's hopes for the season. Now, we did obviously go on and win the league, which was very, very nice. But there was a potential double there for us. And um, it always, it'll always feel like we left like we left one on the table. Because Atleti would go on and play Leipzig. You'd have fancied us to beat Leipzig. Leipzig went on and played PSG. And again, I think you'd have fancied us to play to beat PSG. And then it would have been Bayern Munich in a final in Lisbon. Now, the quarterfinal and semifinal, I should point out, were one-off games. You really would have fancied us. One-off game on a neutral venue you'd really have fancied our chances of beating Leipzig and PSG. And then on to play Bayern, at the time, the two best teams in the world. It's a shame. It is a shame. If that game doesn't take place against Atleti at that point, if, like with Juventus-Leon, Bayern Munich-Chelsea... Manchester City, Real Madrid and Barcelona, Napoli, if it had been delayed until August, like they were, we might have been in a better position. We might have gotten through. But we didn't. And out we went. And now we have an opportunity at revenge. They've started the season quite well, it, it should be said. In the league, they currently sit in fourth place. But they do have a game in hand. And they are joint second, really. Because Real Sociedad have played nine games and have 20 points. And then Real Madrid, Sevilla and Atleti have all played eight games and have 17 points. Uh, Atleti have won five, drawn one and lost one of their league games thus far. They did beat Barcelona last time out in in the league. Uh, very impressive performance, it should be said. Comprehensive victory for them. In the Champions League, they drew nil-nil away to, or at home to Porto. Really bad game of football. Uh, a game where both teams seemed to forget they were allowed attack. Really ugly stuff to watch. And then a 2-1 victory over Milan last time out at the San Siro. Again, a weird game. Rafael Leao scored for Milan after 20. Frank Kessie was sent off after 29 for two yellow cards. And Milan had to play the rest of the game with 10 men. Antoine Griezmann scored in the 84th minute. And then Luis Suarez with a 97th minute penalty. Atleti did dominate the game. But Milan deserved a point from that one. And, and could feel quite hard done by afterwards. Um, Milan have been unfortunate in both games because obviously they, they played quite well at Anfield, especially in that kind of spell where Liverpool went really shaky. You wouldn't have much to fear about them. They've got a very good team. They've got a very good squad. 
The goalkeepers are Jan Oblak, who may be the best in the world, and Benjamin Lecomte, who must, might be the best backup goalkeeper in the world. At centre-back, they've got the likes of Jimenez, Felipe, Hermoso and Savic. Only Jimenez is a, is a top-end defender there. But the other three in a Simeone defence can be protected. They've got options in Kieran Trippier, Simi Versalco and Marcus Llorente as wing-backs. They've got Renan Lodi and Yannick Carrasco and Thomas Lamar can all play left wing-back. In midfield, Jeffrey Condogbia, Rodrigo De Paul, Koke, Lamar can play there, Lorente can play there, Hector Herrera, Carrasco's also played in central midfield. So lots of good options. And then up front, João Felix, Antoine Griezmann, Luis Suarez, Angel Correa and Matthias Cunha. There's not many teams with that kind of depth. It's a very good squad, bar maybe the centre-backs outside of Jimenez. He's had the flexibility this year of being able to play a back four or a back three. Now, traditionally, he was always a back four manager. But this season, he has largely gone with the back three. Last year, he used it quite a bit as well. Um, against Barcelona, he went with the back three, and it worked quite well. In the Champions League, he's played one game with the back three, one with the back four. So it is hard to predict what he does. But they will be tough to beat. They'll be tough to score past because, like I said, Jan Black is a mutant. Um, it's a game that you do feel like Liverpool will have most of the ball and that Letty will dr- try and draw them on and hit them on the counter. Maybe go Suarez and Griezmann up front. Suarez for his work rate, Griezmann work rate and pace. Both of them good finishers. We might see... Trippier and Lodi as wing-backs with Lorente, Koke and maybe Kondogbia or Lamar as the midfield three. Felipe, Jimenez and, and Hermoso would seem like the most obvious back three, but he could well play Stefan Savage. It's a good team, there's no question. Jürgen will have decisions to make over a couple of players for us. Does he keep with the same two at centre-back? Or does he want to rest one ahead of United at the weekend? Now, there is five days between the games. So, he has the option to play play Virgil and Matip if he wants. You'd imagine Trent and Robbo having come off early against Watford. They'll both start. Alisson will be back. He travelled directly to Madrid from Brazil. So, he'll be ready to go. As will Fabinho. Naby Keita played very well against Watford and should keep his place. Then the other position then is, is it James Milner or is it Jordan Henderson? Milner was much better in this game than Henderson has been in any game as a number eight this season. So perhaps he'll stick with Milner. Maybe he gives Oxlade-Chamberlain a start, tries to get a bit more drive, a bit more pace from midfield against an athletic team that can be a little bit slow-footed at times. You'd imagine the front three stays the same and Jota's just coming off the bench. Maybe Curtis Jones is back for this one. We'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. Uh, Jürgen hasn't given us his thoughts yet or, or let us know. Um, we don't know yet when Thiago will be back, but it's assumed he could be back for United. This one probably comes a little bit too quick, so maybe he's on the bench for the game at the weekend where the midfield will almost certainly be Henderson... Fabinho and Naby, assuming Naby is fit. Guy is telling me Curtis trained on Monday, 
So that's obviously very promising. Um, maybe he's in line to start this one. And maybe it's Jones, Fabinho and Naby Keita who get the start in midfield. And Henderson gets a little bit of a rest ahead of the United game. Um, all things considered, I think we can be confident going into this game. And the, the great thing for us is having won our first two Champions League games, we're in a good position in the group where we don't need to win this game. A draw is a good result here. A defeat is not the end of the world. There'll be lots of uh, pre-match content for you if you jump around the main sites, the club site, liverpool.com, and this is Anfield. Uh, on anfieldindex.com, there are loads of podcasts if you'd like to check those out. There is the Gags Tannen Show, which is the pre-match, the, the post-match rather, from the weekend. There will also be um, the new main pod is up. Uh, Trev and Co. Had, had themselves a little chat, so make sure you check that out. On Anfield Index Pro, there is the scouted for this game. If you haven't listened to that, give that a listen. There's obviously... Rate Don't Hate from Watford, post-match Raw from Watford, and a couple of others. There's a Legends Lowdown with McAteer, if you haven't heard that one. A Money Talks, Mo Chatter joined by Trev Downey to have a chat about Newcastle and their ownership. Um, Premier League Draft, myself, Carl and Guy just went through all the teams and, and did a little draft and had a lot of fun. And a new podcast from myself, Trev and... Myself and Trev, I should say, uh, on the books... Uh, first one is just an introduction pod, give you an idea of what we're planning to do and the 10 books that we're going to cover in season one. And as the name suggests, it is a book review. So we will we will read the book in our spare time and we will discuss it on the podcast. We'll try not to give away too many spoilers, give you an idea of what the book is about and maybe, maybe open up uh, some new avenues of reading for people. Um, and that's basically it for today, folks. The game is tonight. There will be post-match Raw, uh, myself, Trev and Carl Matchett for that one. So looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll have a win to discuss. But if not, we'll have a good rant and a good moan about things because that's what we do. Uh, stay safe and I will speak to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.